I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the hard questions out the way first. You know, um, okay. today a lot of things happened in the NFL around um, the Washington Commanders. So I just wanted to ask Infinite real quick because I don't want to spend too much time on the NFL, right? Okay. We're, we're in mid- I, you know I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a hard question for you too, but okay. uh, you know I heard that the Commanders let go of some staff, some staffing, but they didn't let go of their head coach uh, today. So I just thought. You know, Infinite, what, what did you think needed to go on there with the organization moving forward, like uh, as far as uh, the firing of any coaches? I mean, for me, it would have been the complete sweep. It's not hard at all. But what are we waiting for? Um, I mean, if I, if I know one thing for the commander, uh, usually we make a five. We don't, you know, we don't fire one quarter of the staff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should speaking them out, you know. Week, week eight, week nine, week ten. Mm-hmm. And I don't that, you know, maybe that kind of that youngish coach has been kind of sitting in the background that fans have been low-key uh, clamoring for. You know, they'll, you know, let them get a run or, or you know, just have the interim coach, whoever the interim coach will be, and let him run like the last five, six weeks in the season. So, for them not to, I don't know what, I mean, I think people, you know, no distance run. I think they have a soft spot for them because of, that cancer scare, you know, I'm I'm just speculating, but you know, maybe give him a, a softer land, you know, just not one to embarrass him and maybe wait till you know in the season to you know probably walk him out the door. But um, yeah, I, so so let I, me be clear, you you want to get rid of the riverboat? You saying get rid of Ron and let somebody else kind of be interim coach for the last uh, five six games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have uh, been me right there. Like we we, we could have be find we could be finding out right now mm-hmm. what type of head coach he is, not, not just the OC, but uh, head coach. Let him manage for the for the last two games of the season, and then you can make it. Then you get a kind of a clear evaluation of what you want to do heading into the offseason. Like, do you want to keep him and keep him as OC, or keep him as a head coach, maybe, and give him a full year, see what he does for all mm-hmm. season. Bring his own staffing, but you can't kind of do that. You just kind of string yourself along. And I'm kind of surprised with the new management that they didn't just get that done. I mean, Ron has been here for six seasons. How many winning seasons have you had? Not many. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or I four seasons, but you know, I think with the mother too in Carolina. But he has been up for many while, period. That's right. the point of Right, I think he's had eight straight losing seasons, if I'm not mistaken, like overall in his career. Um, yeah. So, he's not calm. Yeah. That's really. He hasn't grown. It's not like he hasn't taken that, taken that leap. You know, he's, for me, I know the great thing is usually about three seasons, you know, when it's new staff coming in, coach, whatever. You know, you just want to give them about three seasons so they could evaluate the players that are here that they, you know, uh, take on, then you know they can start making their adjustments. And we take a couple of seasons, a couple of drafts, and all that. Couple, couple creating all season, but the brother has has that improved. So, like, what are we waiting on? Mm. Mm. I got a couple things. I got a couple things on that. Just from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Number one, I personally, just as a fan of football, I kind of give props to the Washington organization for not just kicking him to the curb, man. He saw y'all through some really, really tough seasons. And a lot of that shit, to be perfectly honest, 
from the outside looking in wasn't really just his fault. It was a lot of, you know, the old organization had a lot of other shit going on with it that was affecting the football season, the actual product on the field. And and he saw y'all through that. So I feel like, you know, there's a nicer way to do it. You know, you just let them go at the end of the season and, you know, you're going about it because you want to show some type of respect to a guy. He, he, he wasn't necessarily as successful as you would have liked. But the situations that he was in for the last six seasons wasn't the best. Like, it's not a whole lot of coaches that would have been really, really good in them situations. And I think as a man, he really held y'all down and he really kind of sat there and, and took shots for y'all. In, in a lot of ways that, you know, speaking as a Jets fan, our coach is not really even able to do. So I kind of do, you know, see why they would just say, okay, let's, you know, give him the year and then let's let him go. He probably wants to go. But the second thing, we usually don't see seasons where coaches get let go in the middle of the season anyway. That's not something that usually happens. Vegas kind of opened the door for that. And because it's a copycat league, everybody saw Vegas do it. And everybody was like, oh, okay, we can just let niggas go <laughs> tonight. Oh, okay. Then let's do but people usually don't do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? When 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 M said, you know, we're not like the type of team that lets coaches go in the middle of the season and stuff, it's not a lot of teams that do that. Right. Most teams don't do that, you know, unless it's something just, you know, maybe Indianapolis type situation, you know, something super duper extreme most teams just you know you get a year and then they go from there i think the vegas thing kind of put an impetus on a lot of other teams and made it feel like it's acceptable to just go ahead and cut bait with a fucking body right now mm. well then yeah. you know your boy, i mean that sounds good but ron didn't that say for me to just listen to listen just been there this long jack you know jack del rio huh. like no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't uh, agree with your opinion or see what you're saying. I'm just looking at it again as somebody who's not necessarily a Washington fan. I'm oh. looking at it more from the football structure, right. and the football structure suggests that you usually get a guy a year, yeah. especially yeah. a guy who put up with the bullshit that this guy put up with for uh, six. True. And because the football team, you know, it, it's not like this is a situation where the team is in the midst of you know, a desperate push for the playoffs or something like that. This is definitely a rebuilding year anyway. But still, it's still business, though. You still want to give your other coach. You know, y'all bought it then. So this dude is... Yeah, nah, I, nah. We talked about that at the beginning of the season. I personally thought that that was the direction that they were probably going to go, just from the optic. But again, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of I give a certain modicum of credit to Riverboat for just sitting through this shit. I really do. <laughs> you put up with a lot. Like, we don't, you know, give niggas they flowers, bro. Like, he really sat through the destruction of an organization. And he mm-hmm. sat there. And, they and, and he also got for blamed for being being forthcoming. Like, he, he told a little bit too much of the story at, at some Exactly. Time, so, you know, but I can appreciate that, that because as a fan of a team whose coach is handcuffed, <laughs> and doesn't have the ability to say or do anything. I have to give respect to a dude who's like, I don't give a fuck. That's how bad the organization was, that they couldn't even handcuff the nigga. They couldn't even stop the nigga from talking. They weren't even in the position to say, you can't say that. He's like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. 
like fire me then. And they didn't because, you know, there was some incompetence at the highest levels. Right. So, you know, I feel with the fan base and especially if I feel what you're saying, I get Mm -hmm. it. I do. You know, you've seen the results of it and you just want different results. Right. But realistically, the different results wasn't going to immediately happen when he gets fired anyway. So I feel like this is one of those situations where if you let him, you know, kind of just wing it out to the end of the season, you're not really hurting nothing. It's not hurting nothing. It, it might not necessarily be helping it, but it ain't hurting it. It's, it's you know, because y'all are still either way, even if you let him go, you would still kind of be in the same situation you're in trying to figure out what to do. As a fan, you want immediate change. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're banging the gavel. This is the LOE Sports Network where we cut the bull script. And we definitely came to play with the truth today. A little different situation here because we want to get football out of the way. You know, so we can talk this NBA real quick. I just want to mention one more hard question for the for the crew. Um, and that is directed at you, Logic. It was, it was told to me uh, this week that Zach Wilson does not want to uh, get back on the field. He's the quarterback for the uh, New York Jets, you know? So I just wanted to know if you were in Zach Wilson's shoes, uh, you know, all this going on, I know, you know, it's your team, so you follow it closely. Do you um, align yourself with his sentiments or you say, hey, do what the fuck you're paid for? Like, which, which one? I, whichever one is you not going out there which I'm kind of confused <laughs> by the generation of the question but like whatever answer is please don't go back out there because you're trash is the issue the main issue is you're not good so whether you want to go out there or not it, it, that's secondary to the fact that if you go out there you're going to be trash you're going to be trash he brought up so, what happened to Boyle, what happened to Trevor. Like, Simeon yeah. was back there running for his life. He doesn't necessarily, you know, I don't think any quarterback could be su- successful in this atmosphere. We talked about it a little bit. So yeah, I don't think so either. I'm not blaming him for being trash. I didn't think he was going to be good when he got here. So it's not like he let me down again. And I'm going to say this again for the people in the cheap seats, listeners, I, you know, tend to repeat myself on some of my sentiments because I think that they're true. We should have never drafted him second anyway. Just the pedigree, the school he came from, the numbers he put up, they just weren't second pick in the draft quarterback numbers. He just wasn't the guy. And then we also have some failures on the offensive line. So if you're not that guy and then the offensive line isn't good, then you're going to look like Zach Wilson. And that's why Trevor Simeon looked like trash. Because A, he's trash. And B, we don't have a line. <laughs> Jim Boyle looked like trash because he's trash. Uh-huh. And we don't have a line. So right now, I don't really even think the issue to me is based on who goes out there. The issue going forward needs to be fixing the line. I'm hoping next season, with whatever draft cachet we have, I hate to say this, but one of the cool things that Jerry Jones did many, many moves ago was he said, fuck the quarterback shit. Every draft pick was lineman. Let's get the line together. And I think the benefits of that, you could see in Dak Prescott right now. 
Because mm. when you finally get somebody who's competent, he doesn't have to be the greatest dude in the universe. He doesn't have to be, you know, one of them ones. You just need a line to allow him to play to, you know, his maximum capability. Jeez. But right now, whoever we put back there is not going to look their best because our line's not going. <laughs> true indeed. True indeed. Look, I, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that this season is unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know, I'm looking closely at everything and it's just weird all around. Uh, one of the biggest things I think is weird is the way we talk about who should win and who should lose. And that's one thing at the start of the season that, um, you know, I was big on, like, judging on this, who, who do you think can win this and this and that? Well, let me tell you something real quick, because um, we got to talk about the Cowboys real quick. I know they got a big game coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles lost to the San Francisco 49ers at the same rate the Cowboys did, kind of the same way. And now we're doing some weird thing where Dak is the – lead runner for the MVP race. I know all the talking head conversation. What I'll say is this, because this is what you came here for. You come here for the truth. The truth is um, the Browns beat the 49ers. The Vikings beat the 49ers. The Bengals crushed the 49ers. You know what that tells me about the NFL and what's going to happen next week? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I have no idea. You know, Philly looked bad against uh, San Francisco. I know that because we saw that. We saw what happened. They had a bad game. What I don't know is how that is forecasted against whatever Vegas is talking about for the Cowboys versus the Eagles. I have no idea. I do know this for my team, the Dallas Cowboys, and this is all I'm going to say. When they line up, when Dallas's offense meets Philadelphia's defense, then we'll know. When Philadelphia's offense gets on the field against Dallas' defense, then we'll know. Completely different game. Not based on anything that happened two, three weeks ago when Dallas lost. You know, nothing can tell us what is going to happen on uh, this week, this Sunday night. There's no forecast. And in this NFL season, there is no forecast. So you do not know. Like I said, the 49ers dropped three games back to back to back. Two, I mean, do you want to say mid-level teams? I mean, Bengals with Joe Burrow aside, that was, okay, you could lose that one. But the Vikings, nobody saw them losing to the Vikings. And, no, and then no, the Browns Vikings. were just starting their, their ascension, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's professional football. And as we always say, or as I always say, everybody is screaming for parity and they want it to you know, be a situation where any team can win. Uh -huh. That's what you got. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing, and this is a hot take. Oh, hot take give alert. it to him. Give hot it take to for him. You. We need to create for professional football another award for quarterback achievement. Because I'm tired, personally, of the MVP race being quarterbacks. Because this season, no quarterback has really been that great. There's no really, really great outstanding quarterback play this year. At all. And I'm seeing some great running back shit. I'm seeing some, you know, Tyreek Hill is about to break records in this bitch. But somehow they have to find a quarterback to give this award to. I think there should be another award just for the quarterbacks or stop calling it the MVP and just call it the best quarterback. And then give an award, you know, to the best player on the team or, you know, I mean, something else. Because right now, we, you know, when you brought it up, Joey G, when you said, mm -hmm. Somehow Dak Prescott's in the MVP race. You know that's stupid. Everybody knows that's stupid. That's dumb. That's dumb because you're not the MVP. 
not. You're not Tyreek Hill. You're right. not uh, the defensive end for Cleveland. Right. You're not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, good. there's a lot of players that don't play your position but are playing their position at a much higher level than you. <laughs> that are more so valuable to their team. Because we oh saw. Oh, my God. Yeah, we oh saw when God. Dak went out, uh, Cooper Rush had no problem. Like, it's the same team, you know? It's, it's yeah. Okay. It's, so. To me, it should just be a quarterback award because it already is. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, right. We already know as fans that we're going to scour the earth to find a way to give this to a quarterback. So let's just make another award. You know, let's call the MVP for the most valuable player. And then let's do a quarterback of the year award or something like that so that you could just do whatever you want to do with the quarterback. But still give credit to the Tyreek Hills. and Because this guy's out here playing great football. I'm, I don't really want to hear a whole lot about fucking Dak Prescott. I don't. They beat the, the first team they beat with a winning record <laughs> mm-hmm. was Seattle. And that's what but it tells 13? you nothing. It doesn't matter if it was if it was San Francisco and they beat them. It tells us nothing from week to week. No. The Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles. What did it tell us about the Jets? Nothing. Nothing. Didn't tell us anything about the Eagles either. No. It's no. it's 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 not. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's all vapor. So that's the truth I wanted to deliver here today. That's the reason why we're skipping over the NBA, uh, the NFL, to get to the NBA because I mean, there's no conjecture here. There's no, there's no more room for, oh, I think because this and that. And that's what they're doing on the major network. So if you want to be part of that, that's cool. Here, we give the truth. We gave it. That's it. Let's talk NBA in-season tournament. Let's talk Halliburton. Um, is he playing out of his mind? Is, it, is this uh, a one-off? Do we even know that? I mean, he did have a great showing uh, in the in-season tournament uh, quarter. What was that the semifinals? I guess that was. Quarters. I don't know how they tie it. I don't know how they do it. Knockout yeah. round or something. I, I know Boston lost. Okay. I know Boston yeah. lost. And uh, Halliburton is looking like the star of the future or the now. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure uh, how you want to look at it. But his 26 points and then 14 assists, I think. Triple-double. <laughs> and Triple he makes double. it look – easy like somebody else like like Westbrook but it's somehow it's more impactful <laughs> because he actually yeah. has he makes the team better uh am I am I wrong in any of this or is this you know is this a flash in the pan or does this seem to be uh for the future Halliburton I Gav, you got it this your guy you got it <laughs> this is your guy. well you know me a lot of just having off uh all podcast talks. Uh, I, I I say this is akin to uh, the Gilbert Arena for run uh, here in DC, where Indiana had a couple pieces, you know, a couple decent pieces on the team, but there was no true number one, you know. Mm-hmm. And for this guy to pull it up, it's been amazing. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been amazing to watch. Yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. That's for sure. Uh, but is, is it is it dulling anybody else on that team, or is it bringing out that no, team? Like no, it's bringing out that team. I can speak on that. It's, <laughs> I saw the game. I watched uh-huh. the game. The intensity that that entire team brought was amazing to watch, and it it, it kind of made the whole in season tournament thing, which again I initially thought was a gimmick. I still mm-hmm. think it's not 
I mean, I don't really give a fuck about it, but they give a fuck about it. And so I'm going to watch it because they care. <laughs> but, they play hard, to, right? but to watch that team, I think you said it the best, Joey, is, is, is watching how the whole team rallies around the number one guy. You know, mm. having a number one guy allows the other people to be utilized in the ways that are best for them. Like a great example, we, me and Emp were talking about it, is Obi Toppin. That's a great example of a guy Ooh. who came to, and now that there's like a number one and the situation is set for you to do what you do, you can flourish in your role. Like that was a team, you know, seasons ago where there was no number one, number, you know what I mean? Like, was it Buddy Hill? Was it this? Like, what was it? Like, nobody, there was no pecking order, I guess is the way to say it. And now that your man is just jumping out there, not just as a scorer, but fundamentally as a passer, like he's getting guys involved. Like everybody's playing better because he's playing well. I would say so. Like you got you got seven people in double digit, you know, scoring uh, in this game. And that, you know, that really was important because you had automatic 60 points coming from Jason and, and Jalen mm-hmm. in this game. You know, you, mm-hmm. you automatically knew you were going to get 60 from them, but they got no help. Little to no help. Yeah. Sam, Sam yeah. Hauser and uh, and Derek yeah. White were the only other double digit scorers. Um, so, you know, it's just a, a law of averages. You got you got seven people in double yeah. figures. And then and you Drew got was getting and Drew defensive player. He's great. He was getting shook the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my god! And that's just a fact. Just... I mean, I fuck with him. I, that's my guy. I talk about him constantly because that's the type of guard that you know. That's the guard play that I like. Is mm. you know when a guy is going to score, but he's also going to defend, and he's also going to pass, but he's going to dive on the floor, do all the little things. You know, right. leadership type veteran shit. Mm-hmm. Halliburton was giving that nigga his lunch, dog. <laughs> and there was no nothing way. he could do about it. There was uh, nothing he could do. No. There was no way out of it. The way this nigga <laughs> dribbles, the way he moves with the basketball, it looks so the fluidity. It's not fluid. Uh, it, it's it's like herky jerky kind of weird look, but it be work. It be working. He 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 dribbles like a center. Like it's like the crossover's not really it's not shifty. It's just I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna get this weird looking shot off and it's going in. I think, is amazing. I think with 20 games, I know we're tw- only 20 games in the season, but the uh, the Indiana Pacers have the highest uh, average in the league. And mm-hmm. I think they stopped at 122, which is their actual average. They average 122 points. Um, if I have any Achilles heel on this team, it's their defense. Like on the other side of the ball, they, they don't usually play uh, yeah, they don't get sound stopped. defense. <laughs> they don't. Uh, I, you know, I think, you know, watching this game, because I did watch this one, um, I think a lot of times Boston stopped themselves. You know, they just had some some players that just couldn't make some buckets. Uh, it was the so, pace, I think. Yeah. It was the pace. One of the things when we talked about the matchup, I believe I said that's what Indiana needed to do to win that game was keep the pace high. Right. Because I think I was just talking offline just before we started this cash with him. Jalen Brown had like 30. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Brown kind of thrives in that type of game style, that back and forth running and athletic type shit like that. Like mm-hmm. that's a game style that he can definitely play well in. But for Jason Tatum, it didn't. It looked like it was a little too fast. It it, it looked like he wasn't getting the calls he wanted because every time he goes to the basket, he got to talk to the ref because he had to get fouled because he likes it. But. <laughs> 
it just didn't seem to me like, you know, they were going to score. They're always going to score. Uh-huh. But it seemed like one was scoring in a way that was comfortable and the other one was kind of forcing himself into the action to try to, you know, put up the points that they needed. And then on the other end, Indiana was playing like a college team. Like every time they made a shot, it was backflips and somersaults and they was in the crowd. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. saw Boston kind of get ran off the floor emotionally. Like they just couldn't match up emotionally. Like they just couldn't get to that level where it was like, okay, let's go. Like, they, you know, they kept trying to slow it down and half mm-hmm. court offense, and, you, know, you know, try to get out. not having none of that. No, we just no. watched the interview on, on podcast P with Halliburton on there where he said he can't stand running slow. He can't stand half court game. There's he, no he, point. He, he just no said he run too high. He, he's like basketball was never meant to play slow. I was like, and, wow. And he's wrong, but he yeah, played. Was, so you do what you want to do. You're wrong. Right, I mean, right. you the know. Knicks was slow as hell. I love it. But, like, that's <laughs> that's the youth. He's you know the new he's, school. Yeah, yeah exactly. The that's the youth. Right. He's the new school. And when you can shoot like that, when you can have players that can cut and you can get them the ball where they need to get the ball and they can finish at the rim, they can hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you can orchestrate it that way and the players can match that, What's the point of playing slow? What's the point? Yeah. All right. Let's let's go from them young guns. Oh, to uh, young and, guns. oh and this is just for him. Shout yeah. out to TJ yeah. McConnell. I think he had one point, one rebound, like two assists. <laughs> but when he came on the court, it was the emotions <laughs> just went to overboard. Like he was just out there doing things. And I don't even think it was like all, you know, measured in numbers. Like just him being out there. I gotta give him credit for pointing that out that the dude is kinda important. He's effective. And I don't even think the numbers reflect how important he was that night. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I looked at the stat line, and it didn't reflect what I saw with my eye, which is when he came out there, he was just running and jumping and doing all, and the, the rest of the Indiana Pacers were excited. Got the fast break was ignited immediately as soon as he came out there. I got to shout out the Pacers for keeping them around. They could have been letting them go. Yeah, that's a fact, too. <laughs> that's a that's fact, too. That's respect, bro. Like I gotta respect them, and I gotta respect them because, he, like me and I talked about, basically, like he knows his lane and he does it very, very well. Like the Knicks would love to have him right now in the playoff situation. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We'd also like to have Halliburton, which was a possibility before we drafted Obi Top in the state. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. You know what? Please don't. Yeah, I'm just sorry. Please don't. You know. don't trouble Please yourself. Don't. Don't you? Please don't, because we could have had Malik Monk, but we took. Oh Porzingis. my God! Like, Please, yeah. the, Please don't. The darts just keep coming. They just keep yeah. coming. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just more pain every time I lift my yeah. head up. And uh, we could have a fucking roster spot, but we got Evan fucking forty oh, taking a fucking chair, just hanging out, <laughs> getting uh, free for haircuts. Oh Boy. man! Well, let's let's talk about a functioning starting five, uh, functional starting five, young young guys, New Orleans. Um, their in 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 season tournament game, all the starters were in double digits. Brandon they Ingram did the opposite, came to play. Bro. Yeah, they did the opposite, bro. They slowed that shit down. Like it was, <laughs> especially in the fourth quarter, there were some situations where mm-hmm. it looked like you know Sacramento was running and they were trying to you know get up and down the court and 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 you know kind of use their athleticism and their length to to you know create some opportunity. And Brandon Ingram was like, nope, ISO. <laughs> I saw, and he was knocking them bitches down. That's my yep. dude. Man. Yep. 
That's a Nick right there. We need that. <laughs> That's a Nick right there. I want that. Like, I would love to have that on my team because he just, he just kind of zoned out. Like, he's just like, I'm going to do mm-hmm. what I need to do right now. Yeah, yeah, and and CJ was just perfect in tandem with mm-hmm. him, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. steady, steady. Mm-hmm. Seven of 14, 50% from the floor, mm-hmm. three of five from three point. I, I don't know when the last time a Knicks, Knicks could, have, you know, have a 60% from three shooter. Like, we don't it's, have nobody balling like that. It's, it's, but it was a perfect situation because for me, especially coming down the stretch of that game, you could see. To me, as a fan, you can see sometimes how teams are trying to, you know, put things together and how they're trying to go about the game. Some teams, you know, in these situations, they get real herky-jerky. They don't know who to get a ball. They don't know who needs to take what shot. People are taking shots they don't need to be taking. Blah, blah, blah. Like, the Pelicans had the order right. Like, they was like, okay, it's Brandon Ingram time. Mm. And they just kept catching him in the post around, you know, 14 to 18 feet. He backed down over, you know what I mean? Just simple shit. Like, just repeat it. They just kept repeating it. Like, simple Funny. shit. Like, it, it's not it's not rocket science. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> if, one question for you, man. Ken, is, is, is Zion a superstar? I'm confused. You know, he, this is his fourth year in the league, right? Yeah. Like, this is number four, I guess. I know he hasn't spent a lot of time on the court. But the right. overall consensus is they're going to try and keep him under 30 minutes a game, every game, like he's LeBron James. So he only played 27 minutes of this uh, game that they won. And he's, you know, he's had decent numbers. But uh, in this game, 10 points. Uh, but, I mean, how, how effective can you be if you're in and out of the game flow because they're scared of the weight you're carrying or they're scared of your injury we we touted this guy as as being one of the ones like he was supposed to be a superstar in this league. Are we? Is it is it the is it the uh, media that's flawed in that in that thinking? Maybe he's not going to be. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be. He, but he puts up he puts up top tier numbers though. When he's played, when he's actually played, he's played. the numbers are actually the numbers come easy to him. It's not mm-hmm. even that difficult. Just one of them kids that when he gets in the game, he's working very effective and he does what he does. He just, he just get back by three. He'll, and, but he'll go. I think the thing logic, but like from Julius Randle, is that this kid he will go bang on somebody's head. Like, yeah, just go oh, bang. Yeah. Just yeah, go do that. Yeah. Just go like stop all this other shit and just go do that. Just use your natural abilities that work. It should be working. I, I would love to go dunk on just like Anthony Edwards. Zion is one of them dudes yeah. that was trouble. He's looking for trouble. Except for Anthony game. Edwards, will do that for thirty-eight minutes a game. You know, yeah, well, that's, he'll yeah, play the whole damn game if they let him. Yeah, of course. Uh, you then know, they go play a football game. <laughs> right. 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 And with Zion, can you be a superstar with your team telling you, hey, we're going to sit you short of 30 no. minutes every night? You just can't yeah, do no. it. You're playing 39 minutes a night. You can't do that. You can't do it. Can't do it. Mm. No. Mm. I feel like Zion Williamson is he's just an interesting player to watch because – Again, as a fan, and I feel like as a fan with a pretty good opinion and a pretty good understanding of what I'm looking at, I don't know what it is that you do that gets you 23 points, but you get them. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're getting them. It's not like they're putting you in the post and you get them because you don't got no post moves. It's not like you're a knockdown shooter because you ain't. It's just yeah. like you get them. Like, you just kind of do things on the court 
that get you points. I think the next level of maturation for him, if he wants to be a superstar, yeah. is to kind of continue to work on his game and get to a point where there's things that we could count on you being able to do. And mm-hmm. I think the only way you can do that is by playing as many minutes and meaningful games as you can. And yeah. so this minute restriction thing, I think it hurts. Yeah. Because yeah. it just delays your growth. Going, You're just being delayed in situations where you probably need to be in so that you can you know, formulate your game style. Yeah. yeah. Like you mm-hmm. got to get it on the court and then you got to add that to, you know, your training and your off-season regimen. But you can't. But then again, when you had a Brandon Ingram there, <sighs> you can do that. Like you can put him on a, rest- you know what I'm saying? Like if he played mm-hmm. somewhere else, I don't think you would be able to be put on a restriction. Yeah. Right. I don't think you would have the luxury of saying, okay, well, we can play you 28 minutes tonight. <laughs> wow. You would need to play all 48 minutes because we need but you. I, really. You know, it, I'm having trouble finding another player in the league, superstar or not that is 23 years old and has a minute restriction on him. Like that is it's, one of one. So it's, that... it's, it's, it's the new, it's the new NBA and it's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, what's his name? The big, uh, Anthony Davis is, is Joel Embiid. It's, it's these guys that come in the league with different physical dimension and mm-hmm. different skill sets. And you don't know what to do with them. Like, you don't quite know what they're supposed to do yet. Like, we forget that Blake Griffin at one point was, like, the greatest thing anybody had ever seen. Oh, and he was on menace restriction, too. He was on menace restriction, too. Because nobody knew if the next dunk was going to be the last dunk. Like, nobody knew. Like, it was kind of a situation where a lot of the correlations that we make to the success and failures of the Clippers at that time can kind of be pointed at to his usage. Like, he wasn't playing 48 minutes a game. People don't talk about this. I guess I'm the only one that was paying attention to that. But, you know, coming off the leg injury from his rookie year, his real rookie year, he was off and on minute restrictions for a long time. Damn. Joel Embiid was on minutes restriction for a long time. Like, maybe until, like, last year. Mm. He was on, like, steady amounts of minutes restrictions. Steph Curry was on steady amounts of minute restriction early on, like maybe the first four seasons and stuff. You know, it happens. Like, you know, you're trying to figure out how this is going to work and how this guy is going to maintain his health, how he maintains his body and shit like that. But with Zion, we've never seen this type of athlete before. Like, we've never seen a human being (laughs) that's built like this that does what he does. (laughs) Moving like that, yeah, yeah. They're scared, and I can understand. Until you said that Steph Curry thing, you know, now 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 I'm on the fence. Now I'm I'm not I'm gonna shelf that conversation, whether he can be a superstar or not, because we don't know. You know, nobody no, knew nobody no saw Steph coming from Davidson no. being an immediate no. superstar. Kid couldn't even stay on and the court. And he wasn't immediate and he wasn't a, and that's <laughs> no. what I'm saying. He that's wasn't what... an immediate superstar. There was an yeah. issue when they let Gilbert Arenas go because they had him, Gil, yep. and Monte Ellis. Monte, and there was wow. issues because they was like, we need more Monte Ellis and less Steph Curry. <laughs> less and Steph people Curry. are going to pretend like they don't know that because now mm-hmm. Steph Curry. No, Steph I remember Curry. that. I remember that. But That's some true. of that you got to give credit to Steph Curry for. Like some of this was just him hustling, doing work in the offseason, getting stronger, working on his game. Because now 
when you're looking at the Golden State Warriors, everybody says the Warriors is old, but they don't count Steph in that. Wow. Nobody yeah. says Steph and the Golden State Warriors are old. They say mm-hmm. the rest of them niggas is old. The rest of them niggas is old. Yeah. Steph good. Steph can still because run you around gotten, the court yeah, like Reggie Miller. he's gotten better. Because he's gotten better. <laughs> he's gotten stronger. His handle is better. Yeah. He's better at the rim. He's a better defender. He's just a better basketball player than he was early on. And more so, importantly, you know, when he jumps in the other. air, you don't think his ankle is going to break. No, I swear. You, I swear you know, that people first don't even remember. Seasons, you like, Yo, people don't kids. even remember. People don't even remember. <laughs> I tell y'all all the time. That's the one person I can point at. Uh-huh. And it's possibly because of the position he played. And mostly because of the work that he's put in. He's the one person that shook the injury tag. Most players don't shake that tag. Look at Bradley Bill. It don't matter what Bradley Bill do. You got the tag. Look mm-hmm. at Embiid. Like, it's still on you. Like, even if you're bowling, even if you're averaging 35 points, you know, we're still kind of thinking every time you fall down, you could go away. Anthony Davis, you just got re-upped for $230 million for another seven years, and everybody's looking at the team like, why the fuck you do that? Because he's hurt now. <laughs> he's hurt right now. Like, he's always hurt. You know what I'm saying? So you have these situations where, you know, that tag of being injury prone very mm-hmm. rarely goes away. Okay. All right. So so valid number two for just to finish the talk on the Pelicans here. We got Brandon Ingram. We're, I think we're all in agreement. That's the dog of this team. That's that's the oh, superstar. Man, everything oh, oh, is everything. But oh, but God. if what, what about CJ McCullough? You know, it, are we writing him off? Because this is his what? This is his 10th year. He's 32, maybe. Are we writing him off because he's older? Like, is he nah, not man. a superstar? No, yeah, I, I think he is. Uh, or the chair right below, you know. But unfortunately, he's having a great year. But you know, unfortunately, you know, he had the issue. I think with his lungs. You know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But he's back. He's back. He he had 17 points in this game, and and one of the things that was glaring to me is that he he doesn't take useless shots. You know, no, it's all no. it's all very calculated. He has a high percentage. Um, it's just it, sometimes you need smart. a foundation. Smart. There you smart. go. That's what smart. smart. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. being seen as a super power, not to cut you off, man. Sometimes hey. being seen as like a super player or all of that, you know, that's a lot of conjunction and it's a lot of conjecture, excuse me. And a lot of, you know, talking heads talking. At the end of the day, is how you add to your team. And what I like about C.J. McCollum is he knows exactly what he needs to do to be successful for the team. He's not out there trying to be a superstar. He seems very confident in allowing Zion to do what Zion needs to do, let Brandon Ingram do what Brandon Ingram needs to do, because he can take 13 shots and make eight of them and be cool with that. I don't have to be out here taking 99,000 shots, and, you know, I don't have to be the man. And I think that's what happens when, you know, your game matures as you get older and you realize that the best thing for the team, the best thing for your organization is for you maybe to be, you know, the third guy. Plus, he spent a long time playing a position that he probably didn't need to play. Look at Looking at how he's playing now, he probably should have had the ball in his hand more importantly. But... You know, Dame was there, and you know, Blase Blah, they played him right. at the two, but he probably right. should have been playing the one at that time. Mm. Mm. Okay, let, let's move to De'Aaron Fox and them. Um, the Sacramento Kings lost this game, and the only thing I can point to is, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes didn't have a particularly good game. 
and now, I'm not sure not. that they should depend on Harrison Barnes. But I'm it's saying very difficult to. <laughs> is what is what now? It's very know. difficult to. I that's yeah. one of my guys, and I, yeah. I I constantly cap for this nigga because yeah. that's my dude, and I feel like you know he was another one who was supposed to be a superstar. People have such short memories when they talk about this stuff. I know you know me and Inf, shout out to Bills. We keep receipts around here. You know what I'm saying? Like we 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 go back to the stats. When Harrison Barnes went to UNC, he was supposed to be one of the one. Like he was supposed to be that dude. Like he was the number one player in the nation when he went there. Like he was the guy. And then when he came out, he was supposed to be, you know, something more than what he was. But he's extended his career by being smart and by doing, you know the right things by being a good leader in the locker room and shit like that. So I wanted to see better from him in that game. And he did not play very well. Unbeknownst to the planet Earth, uh, Logic and I have uh, painstakingly talked about this brother for the last 12 years. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for his podcast, uh, Logic was really excited uh, to see this brother get drafted. And mm-hmm. uh, that is what's happened to him in his career when, it, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, I think um, the organization for the San Francisco uh, Golden State Warriors owe him a whole a whole debt. Uh, oh, he's a foundation. You one hundred percent correct, my brother. Before some Jordan Pools of the Flash City and all, it was Harrison. That was the transitional point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Damn, David Lee. Shout out to David Lee. They they oh. had some pieces that operated around to put him in a position to put some other pieces around and figure out how to win. Monte, you know, Monte, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leandro yeah. Barbosa. Like, we, we keep naming people. We keep you know, naming people. <laughs> you know, there were some kids that were on that team, mm-hmm. you know, before before Mark Jackson got there and as Mark Jackson was there and. Uh, some of them got clipped off, including Mark Jackson. A lot of those kids were clipped off to bring in Steve, you know, no distance to Steve, you know, I was done, we was done. But it was, yeah, like, that change started with, with the, the drafting of Harrison, and he's been very consistent. You know, like I said, he's not going to give you the numbers every night. Mm-hmm. But when he comes to. I tell you what, who, who's giving me the numbers every night since he's become a Sacramento King is Malik Monk. Uh, oh, oh. the best pickup. Oh. Oh. He, he, he might be JR uh, Smith 2.0, dog. Uh, he, like he, he might be the vote the for six, yeah, six man of the year uh, if he keeps playing like this. I could see him and Quicks. Him and Quicks going head to head. I'd like to see it, you know, as far as the six man conversation because I think Quickly deserves some of that nod too. And again, we're only 20 games in, but right. I'm talking about the consistency. You can depend on Malik Monk's energy. More importantly, in the second, you know, with the second string yeah. team, and then yeah. you, and then he's giving you twenty consistent off the bench. Yeah. Come yeah. on, mm. yeah, and it, it's yeah. not a mistake either. He's looking for his shot, and it's falling. <laughs> is but what you said to me, the part that you said that that really rings true is the attitude. This dude is not yeah. new. It's not no. like this is the first. He didn't nope. just get drafted. A lot mm. of people are talking about him now, but he's been in the league for about five six years. Mm. He's been in the league as long as Porzingis been in the league. Yep. Same draft. But you wouldn't know that because he's finally in a situation where he's confident 
and he gets to maximize the things that he does well. I, I, I consistently say the same things because I think the same things are true. Basketball is not just about talent. A lot of people got talent. A lot of people can put the ball in the hole. A lot of people can dunk. A lot of people can dribble and do all this extra shit behind their back. But on a basketball team, when you want your team to function properly, certain people got to do certain things. Other people got to do other things. And everybody in complementary roles has to accept their role. And I feel like Malik Monk has accepted his role. He likes that shit. Like, he likes coming off the bench with the green light. He like it. Because he'll just come out and start lighting shit up. Catching mm. lobs and doing all types of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Just high energy, high motor shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the epitome of lightning in the bottle? That's that kid right there. I've been following mm-hmm. this in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But you remember in Charlotte when it wasn't looking like that. When we didn't know what he was going to be and when do, they were yeah. trying to start him. He wasn't the best defender. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was a whole lot of questions because the mm-hmm. situation he was in wasn't the best situation for his game. Yeah, this situation I, is dope. And I uh-huh. agree with the Lakers not being his his team either. Like, you, you yeah. know, sometimes putting putting uh, a player, a young player, because Malik is like, what, 25 now? So he had to be like 23, 24 with the Lakers. Anyway, yeah. you know, putting yeah. putting somebody like that with a generational player like LeBron and you know, you got it's it, sometimes it can muddy the water. This, this it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. This works for him. This yeah. works for him. And going forward, because of what you just said, how young he is, that's <laughs> a great situation for Sacramento. Absolutely. That's a great chip to have. Like, that's a great thing to know. All right, we just cement some other things. You know, we got our stars, we got our stable, you know, pillars of the team. And then we have. A bench just because we got this dude. Mm-hmm. Just him alone. That's him. the bench. They're rewarding him. You know his his minutes have gone up significantly mm-hmm. since he does. You know, like mm-hmm. he played he played uh, over thirty minutes of this last game. Of course, because you know, like, he was balling. If he start balling, <laughs> that's why I use the J.R. Smith angle. I, yes. You know, just for the yeah. listeners, mm-hmm. I don't think he's as athletic as J.R. Smith. I don't because no. I think J.R. Smith was an absurd athlete, especially mm-hmm. in the Denver years when he was coming off the bench. Giving niggas fifty. You got to remember, Jay Smith was the only player in league Absurd. to come Absurd. off the bench and give you fifty. But mm-hmm. what happens is the Jr. Smiths, the Ginobili's, the James Harden's back in you know the OKC times when they're cooking, you can leave them in the lineup. It just they can run the first and or the second. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if they but if they hitting, you can yeah. leave them. If he's scoring with that attitude, with that aggression, and with that skill set, when it's going well you're going to get 30 minutes. You're going to get 35 minutes. When it's not, okay, you can sit them back down and, and go back to the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> and that's a luxury. That's a luxury for a basketball team to know that, you know, I got a guy that can, and if he's hot, we can turn the game off. Like, we can just all go home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's basically how I feel about it. You know, uh, you you already know De'Aaron, like he's a household name. You know, yep. uh, Sabonis has really been surprising with the with the Kings, but I mean, he's doing what he always has done. He just, he's, I mean, I guess he's just white European basketball player. <laughs> does exactly. <laughs> he 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 he. It's got to be, and again, it's got to be another luxury to have a seven footer mm-hmm. that can run your brute that can pass the ball, that can rebound the ball, that can, you know, in moments of, you know, necessity, protect the run. 
and he can score in the basket, and he can hit free throw. Like, that's a luxury. Everybody doesn't have a big man that can do that. Nope. Nope. All right, the last person on the team I want to talk about, and if I will, I will bow to you on this one, is the 6'8 forward, the 23-year-old, Mr. Keegan Murray. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you forget that this guy has one year of experience under his belt. Uh, forget that. He he's still he's still balling out. He's 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 doing his thing. You got Nobody's talking about him being a superstar here. All I'm saying is that he's a valid number two in the making. And the is that your assessment? Just the maturity, just the shot selection. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, just the shot. I mean, he's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, he's not scared to go to the paint. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of everything, and he right. must get he matured. Um, shout out to him. I don't know, if, you know, I don't know if the coaching staff over there, but what have he done in the past year? Just make sure he has sense. Because mm-hmm. obviously, sometimes he had that second year woe, but now nah, he leaves him down above right now. And he's probably one of the best, you know, four, three, you know, whatever you want to play him at uh, right now in the league. You know, yeah. not to mean them guys. Not, not to not to make it about uh, money, but I mean, come on! You see this lineup, you see this talent they have here. It's kind of hard to believe they can keep this all together. I, <laughs> it, it is. Always a second place somewhere. So yeah, somebody. And uh, unfortunately, it's probably obviously probably might be Harrison Barnes. I mean, listen, they they are going yeah. to move on from Harrison, you know, and not a death to him. But listen, yeah, you know, still it's possible. It's possible, yeah. but you know they did just read him up for like two years. Yeah, yeah. And he oh, took yeah. a minimum amount. Like he didn't take mm-hmm. a maximum amount of money. One of the things that I think we have to understand is, you know, we just automatically assume that all these guys just automatically screaming for the maximum amount of money because the maximum money might be available. No, no, no. I know JaVel McGee is not asking for shit. So. Right. But when we're talking about quality basketball teams, when we're talking about <laughs> – Let's say, for instance, Golden State. One of the reasons that the Golden State shit worked is because mm-hmm. niggas kind of allowed the money thing to happen in a way that was best for the organization going forward. And so if the Sacramento Kings can inspire these kids to kind of, you know, look at the trajectory of how the team is going versus, you know, just financial success for yourself right away, they might extend it. You know what I'm saying? Like they might be able mm-hmm. to extend the amount of time where they can have this level of talent on the court. It usually doesn't happen. And I'm not saying, you know, get your money. Like I'm not saying sell out for the organization or whatever, but success is success. And if you value that as a player, if you value success mm-hmm. and you're looking at the Sacramento Kings and you're saying that we're all playing well, we all get in buckets. Every this, you know, the attitude in Sacramento is completely different from Sacramento basketball as we know it. You might can convince a guy here or there to take a little bit less on the front end, and, and we'll circle back to you. You know, on some Draymond Green type shit. You know what I mean? Like we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it back around and we'll honor it, like we did. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> I mean, I, I think the key to it is, but it has to be the success that we we got to level up. Yeah. We just can't. Yeah, be good. Yeah, be a regular, really good regular season team, and just be exiting yeah. out for yeah, nah, nah. yeah, That's right. Get to so, some success. It's got to yeah. be the off. 
it's got to be that push. It's got to be that, oh, we're right there. Like, this is it. We're right there. Like, that's one of the reasons why, for instance, I don't believe in Oklahoma City. I know everybody is kissing Oklahoma City ass and check this, (laughs) SGA that. I'm cool. I understand. I'm not saying any of those players are anything less than stellar. But I know how that organization deals with paying niggas. So I'm a watch. You know know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to see if the organization realize the mistake that they made when they had three Hall of Famers and a potential defensive player of the year on the same team mm. and fuck it up because they didn't want to pay nobody. Mm. <sighs> well, look, man, I, I've been avoiding it long enough. It, it, it hurts me deeply, but in a game that looked like in the first half, it was the one seed versus the two seed. We have the New York Knicks getting blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks in the second half. Milwaukee almost finished with 150 points overall. The final score was 146 to 122. Now, Logic and I were were communicating while this game was going on in the first half. Maybe we should have. Maybe we shouldn't have because no, as soon as we no. started, dude. no, I, I I I'm gonna let you get your shit off, but I think I have a take on it that that will lift your spirits. All right, well, look, you know, it, in the first half, it looked like the one versus the two. I mean, I was happy with everything I was seeing, especially from Randall. I, I even made mention to to Logic that the more Randall becomes the player I expect him to be, the more he starts to look like Patrick Ewing's son. You know, like, I, I don't the know cornerstone. what it is. Yeah, like the cornerstone. <laughs> like, oh, we can depend on these things. <laughs> but his yeah. physical features, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. that's a little bit racist. I don't know. Yeah. His physical features do maybe resemble Maybe it's all the sweat. He'd be sweating like a motherfucker, too. Either way, um, I was very happy with what I saw. The only thing I can say from that first half that I thought that they would change in the second is the damn turnovers. Uh, yeah, it did everything right. It did everything you had to do. The defensive t- intensity was there. I mean, it's it's Giannis in the end. It's Giannis, and then you got That Dane. shit is not fair, though. <laughs> that shit is not fair. There was at least seven situations where he went to the free throw line by running diagonal yeah. to the basket and then just reaching over with the basketball like oh he wasn't even God. next to the basket or no. near the basket Mm-mm. but because of his length uh. everything looks like it might could go in <laughs> and if you're standing there you find him <laughs> I just saw him just but he wasn't even like directly to the basket no, he's to he's the left there. of the basket by like 12-13 feet and just uh. reaches over foul because you know it's unfair arm shouldn't extend that. why is he that long <laughs> That what? doesn't make sense. It doesn't make and, sense. And all you could do is call the foul and say, go to the free throw line. It's it's like the ultimate cheat code for this nigga. Like, he's not trying to make any of these. He just go to the basket and put his arm up. Foul. And I can't even be mad because it's a foul. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at it like, that's bullshit. No, it's not. It's just he's built different. So... If mm-hmm. remind me, are you a, are you a Dame fan at all? Are you are you in love with Damian Lillard? What's up? That's the oh. point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, still in the, I think definitely period. I mean, think about it, he, he Dame has been playing what forty years. <laughs> I think he's been in the league eleven. What like yeah. eleven never, seasons or something? Yeah, eleven seasons yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Never had a superstar. Never. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, think about it. He's yeah. never had uh, That's and true. To, and, and it's not like a superstar that came to his, his team. No, he had to go to somebody else's team. That's right. Because his was, organization's stupid, <laughs> and they was never going to get another superstar in there. It was Kevin <laughs> yeah. Garnett and that kid. They was going to Garnett. We'll just give Damn. you all the money, and then you just be on an island. 
by yourself. No now. So he's on yeah, he's on a game time out. That's all he knows. So even though he wants to, like, yeah, like, you know, I'm looking honest, when they get this off, it's still a process. So um mm. you know, we'll see going for next year I mean this, we think this shit's solidified, this shit can get broken up, you know. Um, yeah. I mean moves can still be made. Moves can still be yeah. made and you know, it's an organization. And I'm pretty sure depending on how this season ends, because Giannis is one of them ones that 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 I appreciate for being honest and, and, and forthright about his shit. He seems like the type of guy, if it doesn't work the way that he wants it to work immediately, he'll go to the front office and say something. Mm. Like we need something else too, or else I'm out. Yeah. And they'll we'll do go. it. Yeah, they'll, and they'll do it. They'll do it because they know that he takes a steal and at half court he'll take one dribble and he'll be at the basket. Did that's you see how, that shit? I did see that. Did you see that shit? I, that's unbelievable. It looked like traveling. <laughs> it looked like he traveled. It's definitely he traveling. Took one dribble. <laughs> and he one. was at the basket. The next basket. step. He gathered and slammed it. From I half said, court. Wait a minute. From half what court. The fuck? It's, it, it's so disgusting. It's disgusting. It made, it made me tear up a little bit. My eyes got sweaty. Like, it's crazy. Jesus. But let me tell you about these Knicks. Let me tell okay. you. Let me I, tell you about what I, I had to take a shower and really think about it. I was pretty upset at the end of the game. Me too. Because the second half was just underwhelming. But oh let me give God. you, let me give you some statistical analysis. Number one, the first half of that game, Julius Randle had twenty-five points. Mm-hmm. I think he was nine for nine from the field, four mm-hmm. for four from the free throw line. Mm. And two for two from three. I don't yes. think he missed no so shot he didn't miss it. in the first half. Okay. Okay. That's the only reason we was there. Okay. Is <laughs> because he played not well. Mm-hmm. The yeah. best basketball I've seen him play this year. Yeah. And Absolutely. most of last year. And most of the year before. Like most human beings don't get 25 points in a half Mm-mm. and not miss no shots at all from nowhere. So what I'm saying is comparing that and saying, okay, well, we were in it. Nah, like this dude was having the greatest night of his career in the first half. Like that's a game. He, yeah. He, and things. he had a good one in the second half. He, he finished. And, and he did. He finished he 14 did. of 19. These uh, are the keys. Yeah, These are the keys. Remember, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. You do. So you can mm-hmm. tell me. Yeah. I believe from what I saw, RJ Barrett had between 12 and 13 points. In the first half of that game. Yes, he did. And then he had four points in the second half of that game. <laughs> so that didn't help. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we're not matching the energy of the right. other team. Like, we're not scoring. I think Quicks, I know he shot the basketball 11 times. I think he made three. <laughs> he actually just made one shot. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's not going to help. <laughs> he was one of four forward. from three and one of seven from the field goal. There you go. Overall, there right? you yeah. go. So yeah. that's not going to work. That's not going to work going forward. Nope. Jalen Brunson. Oh I don't my actually God. remember. He, it, but it wasn't one of them nights for him. He couldn't hit happens. one three-pointer. He couldn't hit one. Oh, and five. Listen, man, this, this motherfucker been carrying us during the season. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. you know, you're going to have nights where it's not cooking. So you put that on there. And okay. then on the other end, you realize <laughs> that we scored 122 points 
Yeah. And was 20 points short. Jesus Christ. Because the other team shot 62% from the field as a team for the game. You're not going to win that game with the things I just told you. That's not a game you're going to win. You're not going to win if your number three scorer scores seven points in the second half. Your number one scorer doesn't, can't hit no outside shot. Right. Yeah, you know I'm saying like it, it just that's what happened is it kind of fell apart because we just couldn't keep up. And we played as well as I think we can play, you know, being the way that we're constructed. We just got shot out the gym. And I can't be mad at you for getting shot out the gym. No, no. You yeah. got and then the turnovers. And then the turnovers. Oh my god. When you add oh that in, when you say there god. was what 14, 15 possession where we didn't get any points. Because we gave the turnovers. Jesus. Right. That's that's sixteen NBA possessions. That's yeah. sixteen possessions. We obviously needed. Mm-hmm. We obviously needed the sixteen possessions. We needed to, you know, have some functional offense sixteen times. And we didn't do it. <laughs> we didn't do it. And then the other team shot sixty two percent. Yeah. You yeah. can't beat a team shooting sixty two percent with fourteen turnovers. If, it's if never gonna boy, happen. Your boy Lillard was shooting 72% from three-point. How you supposed to win? And who was going to win that? Like, well, what team did Malik you Beasley name was 60% from three-pointer. What? Who the 60... fuck is that? Who is oh, that? Like, this dude was knocking shit down from every angle. I'm like, yes, motherfucker. Who is that? I know who he is, listeners. I know who he is, guys. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, I didn't who? know oh, he was him. I didn't know he was Clay Fogger Thompson. <laughs> also, defensively, yeah. he shit the bag. Oh, That's how you God. have a team shoot 62% on you. You, you. The defense was non-existent. Oh, second half was so awful. It, it just, I just feel like that tempo, when you're looking at the numbers that I'm telling you, uh-huh. If you're not playing the same style of basketball, which was fucking perfection, yeah, the first half as the second half, you wasn't gonna win that game. And even if we played perfectly, I still don't think we'd have won that game that night because a nigga shot sixty two percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hate I hate Milwaukee for one reason. I don't like when they're winning, and you and and Bobby Portis is able to feel like he's something. Like that's yeah. that's the my, I know that's a weird hate hater thing. I don't care about Giannis. Giannis is is motherfucking great. I don't like it when teams get down and they and Bobby Portis feels like he has something to do with it. You, it's, it's just we would love Bobby Portis if he was on the net. We love him. <laughs> that's exactly the type of shit we love. We do love you, that. That's why you hate it because you <laughs> kind of wish you had it. Like that's the type of shit that Knicks fans specifically treasure. We treasure. Those guys, the guys, the guys that, that don't the really, we blowing somebody you know out, and they like throwing their fists in the they, air and Marcus Camby, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except without Marcus Camby, rim protection or rebounds <laughs> or fifteen points, like just nah, I'm just out here getting shit on. Julius Randle <laughs> shit on that nigga for forty eight minutes, and then he gets to stand there like, yeah, we won. Fuck oh you. my god, I, he really annoys me. Yo. It's, 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 I, I don't know. Him. I fucked with him when he was with the Wizards. I thought I met him one time. He's a really cool guy. Oh man, Arkansas kid, country as fuck, but really good guy. And uh, you know, those are those are the guys to me that cement championship teams. Man. Every championship team has one of those guys. 
one of those, I'll fight a nigga out here, I'll dive on the floor and cut my face open. I'll do it, you know, like whatever, because, you know, I just want to be part of the success. I want to find a way for me to be part. If it's nothing else but somebody else scores and you jumping on the side of the bench, riling the bench up, you know what I mean? Like he does all those things. <laughs> He's a great teammate, he, you know, and niggas know he'll punch you in your fucking face and rock your shit. So he wanted them too. Let's let's don't forget. Mm. All right, to the last and final game, the most interesting game of the night in Logic's eyes. Uh, get the fuck out of here. The Phoenix Suns played the Los Angeles Lakers. 106 to 103. Lakers would win, but not without a lot of controversy. I still don't understand what happened in those final three minutes of the game. Now, the ref was in the middle of it for no reason. Oh, my fault. Give the my fault. My fault. I, I, I got to the I got to the rock too quick. Well, we're talking Phoenix. That's the big three. If yeah. Phoenix is the big three, right? So there's Durant. Uh, he played uh, Devin Booker. He played. Um, who's the third one? Oh, let me let me let me try. Let <laughs> man, you know, great, great guy. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Certain moments of the year, <laughs> there was no Bradley Beal. Oh, Bill, Bill, that guy. <laughs> There's no Bradley Beal. Um, and honestly, I don't think they needed him uh, last night. But what happened was just unexplainable. Uh, LeBron was doing his weird freakish thing where he goes off from three and he could hit it in your face and he shot 50% from the floor and that was kind of it. Anthony Davis scored 27 points and did what he needed to do, 15 rebounds. That's that's about where he needs to be, over 25 points and over 10 rebounds a game. And the Lakers are whatever they are. I don't know. But they beat the Phoenix Suns. They bested them last night. 106 to 103. There's not a lot to say about this. There was some freakish call where they were able to call a timeout while the ball was being uh, dribbling out of bounds. They let LeBron call a timeout. I I can't explain it to you. You can go look it up. But there was a uh, turnover. Booker turned the ball over. Uh, it looked like the, the Lakers had it for a second, but then LeBron realized that it was going to be turned over, so he calls timeout but the ball was already bouncing on the floor when the ref called, said the time. I, I thought you had to have possession. <laughs> Look, it just, it was a weird play. I, I don't know. Uh, there was also a kickball situation that was missed. Uh, LeBron passed the ball on a break and it was kicked out of bounds, but uh, no kickball was called. It was called a turnover. Uh, so, so just a lot of weird Las Vegas stuff happened in this game. But in the end, it makes for a... Uh, final on each side. So um, let's talk about those two games that'll be on Friday. Um, and that is Indiana Pacers versus the Bucks and the Lakers versus the Pelicans. Who will we see in the championship? Logic, I'll let you go first. All right. We'll look at the Pelicans and the Lakers. I think, and you know, I. Like, I hate the Lakers, and I hate to talk about the Lakers because we talk about them too much, and I don't care. But it's obvious to everyone that watches professional basketball that 
the Lakers are going to go as far in any particular situation, whether it be the playoffs, the tournament, whatever we're talking about, they're going to go as far as Anthony Davis carries him. Anthony Davis played really good basketball against the Suns. If he could do that again, then they can win. It's simple as that. It's really on him. I think we know LeBron is going to do the LeBron things that LeBron does. Like, we know that's a given. Like, that's – I think he's proven that after 20-plus years of hooping. What he's going to give you on the court is going to be what he's going to give you on the court. But if Anthony Davis, I think he had, like, what, 24 and 11, something like that? Yeah, yeah, he was – he was balls – you know, he did it. Yeah. Did it. That's what you need to do. That And he was crashing the boards. And he was going to the club. Like, that's what you need him to do. Like, that's 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 basically how that's going to go. As far as the paces. <laughs> that's harder to, harder to forecast there. It's, it's, it's more uncomfortable to forecast. The paces versus Milwaukee. I don't like Milwaukee because they just beat the Knicks. And I don't like the paces because they're the fucking paces. <laughs> and so it's always fuck the paces. Yeah, but in this particular situation, I'm excited to see how the styles match up. You know how they say, like, mm. you know, for boxing fans, you say styles make fights. This is going to be one of those situations where it's a really, really good half court offense team versus a really, really good high tempo team, and we're going to see who can get their shit off. With it, I'm with it. I do not think, and I think you alluded to this earlier. The Pacers can't stop nothing. No, you can't. And I probably think that's what it's ultimately going to come down to, mm-hmm. is who gets stops. And if it comes down to that, then I kind of got to lead with Milwaukee. But it would be dope if the Pacers and the Pelicans were ultimately in it. I think that would be good for the tournament itself. I think that would be good for both of those organizations going forward. Right, Yep. It would just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would just be a positive, motivating force. The P versus two the P of the younger on ABC. Team. I can see it now. Yes. And you're building new stars. Like, mm-hmm. one of the things that the NBA, you know, usually has trouble doing, you know, is passing the torch from the Kobe's and the Browns to the next guy or from the Mikes and, and you know, the Charles Barkley's to the next guys or from the Magic Johnson's and the Larry Bird's to the next guy. And this is a situation where let's say we get Indiana versus the Pelicans, where you're seeing the future. Like you're looking at the new guys that's going to be here for a while. We're expecting Brandon Ingram to be around for a while. We're expecting Tyrese Halliburton to be around for a while. You know what I mean? You're going to get splashy plays. You're going to get a whole bunch of different shit. So. Okay. All right. Inf, how do you see it? Lakers Pelicans, who's winning? Uh, it looks like we lost Inf. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and you know I'm gonna go ahead and say the Pelicans can win that Lakers. Uh, I mean, for all they're trying, I know that uh, Anthony Davis doesn't have uh, the same game twice. So this game is actually taking place on Thursday. I thought I thought they were doing this on Friday and Saturday, but it, it's Thursday. It's, t- it's tomorrow. So uh, right because the championship game is like Friday. Right? The, no, the championship game is on Saturday. So it's this oh, is cool. Thursday so night. Get, and yeah, it, yeah. So you get the game good. off. It's okay. good. Yeah, so so we got basketball tomorrow that that is uh is going to be highly competi- highly competitive, I I'll say uh with with twenty games in, um so yeah I see I, I can see the Pelicans winning that game just because Anthony Davis doesn't put back to back performances together very well, um no yeah. no shade to that man like like you said he's the key to victory for the Lakers, 
You already that know. is that is the chip that matters. Mm-hmm. That is the player that matters yep. because all things being equal, LeBron is going to do the LeBron shit. Like right. that's you can count on that. What you can't necessarily count on, or what you really really need to elevate the team to the next level, is Anthony Davis. If he's supporting that and doing the things that he can do at a healthy level, they're a completely different team than when it's just LeBron and four guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And and on the east side of things, you know, with the Bucks and the Pacers, you you got me here because I I really don't care which one wins. I think this will be more entertaining than Lakers Pelicans to me. Yeah. Um yeah. but just like we said, you can't stop Giannis. But I also think they'll have trouble stopping Halliburton. Like from what I've seen from this kid, they, and and his his not stopping gets everybody involved. Giannis can have 60 points and they can still lose this game. That is true. Because Giannis, Giannis being not being able to stop doesn't involve anybody else. Nope. So <laughs> if they could just that manage is, to give all points to him. That is a fact. You know what I mean? That is a fact. The more points he has, the better chance you have of beating him. There you, there you if go. If he gets 50 points, you got the best possible chance you, of beating him. Because that, that means be- other guys aren't getting points. One of the things that I did not say when we were talking about the Knicks in Milwaukee was that there was at least eight minutes between the second quarter and the third where somebody named Chris Middleton just was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Malik Beasley, like, yeah, like I got from it. everywhere, like, Jesus. Right, but at that point, they actually, if I remember correctly, for the listeners who watched, if I'm wrong, please hit us in the chat, so the group, sort of online and, and, and correct me. But it seemed like there were a couple moments where they sat Dane and Giannis down and just let Chris cook. If they can do that, they become unbeatable. They become unbeatable. Yeah. You can't stop being and nah. you can't stop be honest. Mm-mm. But if Chris Middleton can just, you know, maximize and be effective in minutes to spell those guys and, and give those some guys some time to rest. I mean, we actually did a really good job. I think we talked about it in the chat. We did a really good job as the Knicks of getting Giannis into foul trouble. He didn't play 40 minutes that game because we went to the basket like we were supposed to and got him the fuck up out the way. But then Chris Middleton showed up and was like, oh, I got this midi. I got y'all. So that's what's going to make that matchup exciting is, is how that team manages to, you know, play all their guys and, yeah. and how those guys perform. It'll be definitely exciting to see. Look, you know, uh, I know this is one of our longer casts, but we wanted to get all this in. I mean, uh, this in-season tournament has really, really sparked some some great competitive play, and I wanted to let it breathe. Um, but for now, for Logic, for Infinite, my name is Joey G. You've been listening to the LOE Sports Network. Thank you very much, folks. Listeners, 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 I know some of you ladies, some of you fellas, are like me, and you thought that the whole in-game tournament thing was bullshit. And I can understand where you're coming from because I'm in that camp too. What you got to remember is that this is the very beginning of the season. All these conversations and all this excitement that you know is being brought to the league is being brought in December, in the beginning of December. Like we haven't got, we got three more months till All Star. Like it's this is actually amazing in a lot of different ways. This cast had us discussing the Indiana Pacers longer than we've ever discussed the Indiana Pacers ever in life. 
that had us discussing the New Orleans Pelicans more than we've ever discussed the New Orleans Pelicans in life. And so I think that that shows that this tournament is legitimate and is helpful because it shows you new stars and it allows guys to reveal themselves as great players in an early part of the season where your team, whoever your team may be, still has time to improve themselves and get ready for that. Like it's not so far gone that, you know, if Indiana wins the whole thing, they're the greatest team on earth. Nobody's going to say that, but they're going to be good going forward. And then your team will have the opportunity to still, you know, make trades, make changes, you know, like basketball can continue their schedule with your eyes open, knowing what's going on. Um, I think I speak for everybody on the cash when I say thank you so much for your listenership. We really, really appreciate you. Want to say happy holidays to y'all. I hope your yes. holidays is going well. Christmas is on the way. Get them gifts or get your story straight, whichever one works for you. Um, at your earliest convenience, I think me, myself, my friends here would mm-hmm. really, really, really be thankful if you guys go to your most comfortable digital streaming platform subscribe to the logic yes. over everything podcast as okay. well as the LOE sports network. Yes. So that we can increase our funds. Please. And that please. way we can create better ways to present this information to you. We have plans in the future to, you know, open up the empire and, and, and kind of, you know, strengthen our brand. And your subscriptions, your subscribing, your comments, that's what helps us figure out what direction y'all want us to go so that we can better serve you. So, yes, just just to piggyback it, to explain this, we just started this LOE Sports Network. We see that 1,092 of you are listening, and we only have 75 of you that have clicked that uh, Spotify button. To get paid, to get money, we need that Spotify followers to be that 1,000. They will not they will not release anything until we get to a thousand Spotify followers. You've done very well on LOE, the LOE uh, original brand, Logic Over Everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. But for this one, we just need the numbers to make sense. Please, please hit that Spotify subscription. Please. And again, and again, from Joey G, from me, from F, from Bill, shout out to my brother, from my little sister, oh, yeah. my mini me, from everybody that's been on the cash. It's not just about the money. It's not just money, money, money with me. It's not just money, money, money. This is a dream. This is this is a goal and a way to create a platform that everyone can enjoy. And so when we're saying hit the subscribe so we can get the money, it's not so I can go out and party. It's so that I can put the money back into the system so that we can improve the product for y'all so that more people can subscribe, so we can put more money back into the product and so on and so forth, so that we can start to build this thing properly and give the world what a thousand of y'all seem to understand is pretty dope. Ah, Thank you for cleaning me up, bro. No problem, bro. Always. We out.